What up, Gromis? Yeah. Alright, check it out. Hey, yo, what up? The name is Nerd Grows. I got the buttery turf flows. The way I make these herbs grow. This one's for all my tent homies and my earth hoes. Yo, 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 yo. I, wait, what, what are you doing, man? What? Start the podcast. Alright. What up, y'all? Welcome to episode 13 of Nerd Grows Podcast. The number one podcast about cannabis growing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I really don't know shit. No. <laughs> All right. So uh, Valentine's Day is around the corner. And a friend of mine made really cool handmade cannabis-based Valentines. They have little like pre-rolls on them that have hearts. On the inside has a little cannabis-based love pickup line message. You know, a little Valentine saying, but cannabis-based. They look really cool. She's selling them now through her Instagram. You can find her at Grenadine Gumshoe. And I'll also put a link to her account in the show notes. But yeah, I'm definitely grabbing a couple. I don't know who I'm going to give them to. Probably my dogs, but they'll enjoy it. <laughs> also, if you don't know or if you haven't signed up yet, the Soil Food Web School is doing a webinar series on cultivating living soils. And living soils isn't something I know a whole lot about. As we all know, I'm a very new grower. I'm just buying bags of it right now. Just started learning how to do organic. Now, I've only watched the first webinar so far, and I'm finding it to be, for a webinar about dirt, I'm finding it to be <laughs> very, very enlightening. One thing that really struck me, uh, they kind of touch on it at the beginning of the first episode, is kind of the cultural and political influence that people have over the way we view and treat soil, all the way from you know, chemical companies to legislation and how far removed we can be from the way that soil operates in nature all the way, you know, to the whole chemical side of things. Honestly, it was kind of badass the way they were talking about it. It kind of hit me a similar way. You know, a lot of like vegans and vegetarians or even hunters will make the argument that the average human or at least the average American is so far removed from their meat. Like you never see the animal you don't even know where the animal was raised or slaughtered. It's literally just a package in the store. And you don't know what what the whole... Hey, wait, is this thing on? All right, if someone like me can get into this without any issues, you got some major security going on. Anyway, this is BGG. I just wanted to give a shout out first to Nerd Gross, doing an amazing, amazing job with his podcast. I believe this is Lucky 13 now that he's on. Pretty exciting. So a tip for new growers. Something I tell all the new growers right away is to take it slow. If you're going to change or add anything, add only one thing at a time. Don't go and throw five new things at it every time you're starting a new grow. You want to find out what actually works for you and your grow style. And if you're starting off and you throw five new things at it, it could be all five of those things that have helped or it could be just one of those things that are helped. And you don't want to be wasting your money. So add one new thing at a time. Also, you know what? Reach out to people that have been doing it for a while. There's a lot of really great, helpful people in this community. And, uh, you know, they're all willing to, to help out. Little shameless plug. I do have a drop coming up February 15th. If anybody's interested, go over to green guy underscore genetics. And you can click on the link to my website to kind of get a sneak preview of some of the stuff that's coming on there. Also got uh, one more exciting thing that's going to be added very soon. You're actually hearing about it first here, and that's going to be my blueberry grape, which is now an F5. But I went a little different with this one. This is actually a sour citrus phenotype. So everyone, 
Have a great day. And now I relinquish control back to Mr. Nerdgross. You know a whole lot about how our vegetables are grown. You know, you have like the regular and then organic labels at the market, but what does that really mean? Especially when you get into the legislative part of things about the legal definition of organic versus what pure organic looks like. But yeah, I found their discussion of that to be really enlightening. And it's something that I've never, much like buying meat from the store, the way we treat soil is something I've never even considered in my life. Even when we're talking about it, like in our growing conversations, people refer to their soil as the battery when really it's a habitat for all of these microorganisms, obviously bugs, animals, plants. Yeah, I just thought it was cool. I'm really enjoying it so far. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can sign up. I believe they're putting the webinars up on their YouTube account as well, but I would recommend checking it out. Learn learn a little bit more about soil. But yeah, other than that, I don't have a whole lot of housekeeping this week, so let's just get into my grow. Let me tell you, truck stop boner pills is popping off. And what makes it even funnier is that it's in a city picker and I have the split cover. So the boner pills are literally coming out of a zipper and it's hilarious every, t- every time I look at it. But yeah, it's doing really well. I'm starting to get the res going. I'm probably going to have to feed soon at some point. But yeah, boner pills is on day 23 right now. On day 27, we have lemon runs. It looks like it's starting to, I don't know what you call it. It's getting a little pistoled. Do you call that showing sex or is it starting flower? It's still like mostly giant fat leaves. It's not like it has the pom-poms or anything yet, but it's getting there. And that thing is goddamn huge. Like, I don't I don't know what's going to happen over the next few weeks. This is going to be really fun. <laughs> One thing I've been doing since I've learned about bottom watering, I kind of keep my two tents at around the same metrics because my plants are all around the same age so i kind of have the environment set the same for both of them because i know people discourage you moving your plants around a lot but the issue i'm having is the pan i have will only fit in the small tent because i have the city picker in the big tent so what i've been doing is filling up the pan with water putting a plant in it letting it drink swapping out the plants letting them drink and then swapping them back into their original tent. So the plants always stay in the same tent, except for the couple hours where I'm bottom watering, they swap places for a minute. And I haven't noticed any herming or any stress or anything weird so far, so I think it's low stress enough where it shouldn't cause any problems, hopefully. But that's my best method for bottom watering right now. I do have a second city picker. I just haven't set it up yet. Whenever one of my five gallons finishes, I'll I'll get the second city picker all set up and everything. I'm actually painting the city picker right now, the second one. I'll post a picture on Instagram when I'm done with it, but it kind of has, you know how the city picker on the side has, it's kind of like a half circle indent in the plastic. So I'm making that like teeth and gums. And then I put two little like cartoony eyeballs on it. And I have the base colors down right now, but... Next, I have to actually go in and do all the details and shading and everything. I'm not the strongest painter in the world, but I figured if I kept it basic enough, I could probably pull it off. You know, we talked about Attack on Titan last week. I kind of made the teeth look like Dina Fritz or the Smiling Titan from the first episode. But obviously, I can't paint realistic enough to actually make it look like a Titan. But it'll be a little big mouth zombie kind of thing. It'll be fun. For the Your Average Grow Night Hour Grow Along, I have Compton Kool-Aid on day 39, and it's well into flower. It's got pom-poms, nothing that resembles buds at the moment. 
probably still a little early for that. But god damn, there's so many branches on this thing. It's probably slightly bigger than my first two plants, but it seems like it has way, way more colas on it, which I don't understand. But it could just be that the lower branches, because like the lower branches that would normally just have a little half gram nug on it, those seem to be getting like higher up than normal. So I have a feeling that they may actually stack on a little bit more buds than usual. I won't have all those little popcorn branches. I obviously will, but maybe not as bad. Just based on the size, I'm hoping I'm going to get more than three ounces off of it. My first two plants, I think I got like two, two and a half. And this one's definitely bigger and filling out a lot better. So I'm excited. So this week, I want to continue our discussion of pressing rosin. Last week, we kind of went over the basics just from an informational standpoint. Now I have three presses under my belt. And I wanted to talk about what the experience was like versus the information we read last week. But before we do that, we got to get into an ad. Are you tired of cleaning out a bathroom or sink drain and just throwing it away? Are you looking for a way to upcycle your old hair, food residue, and soap scum? Drain Harvest is here to help. Unlike your typical pipe auger, the Drain Harvest takes your hair and buildup and turns it into a strong fabric coated in the compost that your plants crave. We can all use a little extra canvas while we're growing. And with the Drain Harvest, we can make organic fabric material that also nourishes your plants. You can use it in a wide variety of areas. You can make a new cover for your earth box. You can sew together your own fabric pots. You can even use it to patch up light leaks in that old ass tent you have, Kevin. I told you to get your shit together. What is your problem? I can't believe it. Fuck. For more information about the drain harvest, call 555-712-711. Fuck. All right, so last week's episode was the day I was getting the Nug Smasher Mini in the mail and we went over the top tips for pressing rosin from both you guys the tips that you submitted to me as well as an article from rosineer about their method of pressing rosin also nug smasher has a really good tutorial video on their youtube and i found that to be really helpful as well especially since it was specific to the machine i had purchased and i've pressed rosin three times so far and I wanted to go through what I did each time. And we can talk about my successes, my failures, things I was looking out for, and everything like that. So for my first pressing, I used Rockbud Blueberry Slushy. It's been curing for, I think, a couple weeks now. It was, one of, it was my second to most recent harvest. I used an eighth, or what I think of as an eighth. <laughs> so my, I, I have a big scale, so it only goes to whole numbers. So I can't get that 0.5. I, I just put <laughs> put it on until I get four, then I take a little bit off. I did buy a smaller scale that could do fractions of a gram, and I got it off of like Wish or Timu or one of those sites, and it is so tiny. You can't even fit probably more than 0.5 on it. <laughs> so I just don't use it. But I put in an eighth. I was using a 120 micron bag, and I set it. The temperature to 200 and then i followed all the things like tucking in the corners of the bag and getting the parchment paper ready and letting it preheat and everything i ended up getting basically nothing like enough to do like two hits off of and as we discussed before i'm primarily pressing rosin for vaping so i need to get a lot in order to fill up a cart with it so when it comes to the failure of the first pressing attempt, 
I don't know if I ever told you this, but I really, really highly recommend changing as much stuff as you can in between attempts at doing things. I know some people say like only do one thing at a time so that way it's very measurable. Now just throw everything at the wall at all times and just live by the seat of your pants. It's chaos out here. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. But yeah, the first thing I changed was how hard I was pressing. I was pressing until, you know, it was pretty tight or hard to push, but I figured I could put a little, little bit more elbow grease into it, especially after watching the Nug Smasher tutorial video. In that video, they cite their bags. I don't remember the exact numbers, but they're like, the blowout of the bags is magnitudes greater than the pressure you would normally press at. And I figured since this is like a hand pump little press, I, I probably can't, well, not that I can't blow it out, but I think I would have to be going real hard at it. <laughs> and just in general, even, you know, as we discussed with the watering, I wasn't watering enough. I probably don't feed my plants enough. Like I'm so anxious about overdoing it that I underdo it. And it's just something I always have to get a feel for. But, you know, some people are like, they start with abundance and then they have to work their way down. I'm the opposite. I'm, I don't start with enough. Then I have to build my way up. It's the same shit though. Cause you're only looking for the exact right amount. <laughs> the other thing was I left too much room at the top of the bag. I did notice that there was a little glob of it stuck in the mesh right where the top of the bag was folded. And I saw in the Nug Smasher video that he cut the top of the bag off, but I didn't know how much like folding room you needed. It was just something I had to get the, you know, the muscle memory for, the experimentation for. And the third thing I changed was actually a tip I got from our friend Master Yoda. He told me to press it a little bit and then give it a couple seconds for everything to heat up before fully crunching down on it. And since I changed three different things from my first to second attempt, I have no idea what's giving me the bigger yield. However, my second and third attempts, I actually got pretty decent yield off of it. Once again, not measuring anything because I can't measure in fractions of a gram currently. However, I was able to make... So, for my second and third presses, I used Mephisto, Walter White. So I also changed the strain. So that's four things I changed between the... Uh, the two different, <laughs> my two sets of pressings, my three pressings, but I was able to make probably know, like one and a half, somewhere between one and a half and two milliliters of vape liquid at the end. So it was a, it was a decent amount in order for me to make that much vape liquid. I, I would probably need upwards of a gram. Now on my third pressing, instead of cutting off the top of the bag, I still cut a little bit off the top of the bag, but I just filled it up as much as I could because I only had a little bit of Walter White left, so that's gone now. <laughs> but once again, in the Nug Smasher tutorial video, they said that you could press a seven gram bag in the Nug Smasher mini. So I figured filling up the eighth bag to four grams instead of three and a half would be fine. So for my second and third presses, I did an eighth and then four grams. So a little bit more than a quarter, but yeah, it came out good. The vapes I made came out pretty awesome. Currently when I make vapes, I'm using liquid terpenes from Terps USA. The ingredients on the bottle say it's terpene flavoring and PG. So it doesn't seem to be much further off than what you would find in like a normal nicotine vape that would be PG and VG. 
Oh, also, if you don't know what those acronyms are, PG stands for propylene glycol, which is a chemical that's used for like food flavorings. A lot, a lot of times when you get like baking flavorings and stuff, that's what it's in. But yeah, it's just kind of like a food grade chemical base for flavorings. And then VG is vegetable glycerin, which has a similar purpose in, you know, food flavoring additives or using it as a thickened base to, to a solution. Like VG is thicker than PG, but PG holds the flavor a little bit better. And it also gives you like the throat burn hit from a vape that is reminiscent of smoking a cigarette. So a lot of nicotine vapes, especially if you're doing like RDAs or uh, refillable tanks or drip vapes, you can usually get them in like a PG or VG ratio, depending on how cloudy you want the hit versus how throat, you know, how much throat hit you want. But that's for like the cloud chasing nicotine dudes. In this application, the propylene glycol is just being used as a thinning agent to the rosin. And the only reason why I'm using it currently is because the yields from my harvest aren't super big. So I don't have a lot of flour to press because I still have to, you know, I, ha- <laughs> I have to smoke myself, you know. But once I get better at growing and my harvests get bigger, I'm going to be able to press a lot more. And then at that point, I'll have enough rosin where I can temper it so it's liquid at room temperature and I won't need to use the PG terpene solution anymore. But yeah, it's just a, it's a temporary measure because I can't afford to press an ounce at a time at the moment. I'm not that weed rich yet, but we're getting there. But yeah, just to wrap it up, pressing rosin's been going well. The information that we read about last week was pretty accurate. I think the fear about blowout, which is something that was like my main concern when I started pressing, might be a little bit overrated. I mean, I guess I can't say that, but at least for the machine I have and the bags I'm using, it seems to be pretty difficult (laughs) to achieve a blowout. I'll let you know if I do, and then we can all laugh at me. (laughs) But overall, I found the whole process to be pretty intuitive. Obviously, there's a few variables that you can control, like the pressure and the temperature, and you have to do it a few times to get the feel for it. But yeah, just make sure you're following the instructions, talking to people who do it. And if you have any additional tips, hit me up and let me know. All right, so to wrap it up this week, I wanted to tell you about this show my wife and I watched recently. And it's kind of making a little bit of a stir on the internet, only because people love it so much. But it's called Louder Milk, And they recently added it to Netflix, even though... It aired and got canceled years ago, not super long ago. I think it ran 2017 to 2020, 2021. But there's three seasons, and it's been off the air for a little bit. Now, the creators of the show do say that they have plans for seasons four and five. They were just waiting for someone to pick it up. And it looks like that, based on what I'm seeing around the internet, that this show may be one of those Netflix gems where they pick it up for additional seasons after it's been like syndicated to them or once they get the rights to it similar to the show you where the first season ran on lifetime and then netflix picked it up and then netflix produced the future seasons louder milk stars ron livingston you may know him from being the main character in office space he was also in what seasons two maybe three of search party with uh Oh my god. Any other day of the week I could tell you her name. Uh, maybe Fumke from Arrested Development. Aaliyah Shawkat. There we go. Thank you. 
but he was on that show for a little bit. You know, you see him pop up every once in a while. And then he's paired up with Will Sasso, who's hilarious, and uh, he, he he just kills it in this in this role. So Loudermilk is the last name of the main character played by Ron Livingston. He leads a AA group. It's not called AA, but it's something something else for the show. And he's kind of the leader, and they all meet in this church. And everyone in the group has like a really crazy characteristic to them. Uh, one of them is also Brian Regan, who's another hilarious co- comedian. His arc on the show is amazing. But anyways, Loudermilk is this old... He wasn't a rock star, but he was a Rolling Stone journalist. So he developed his drug and alcohol problems from being with rock stars all the time back in the day. And he's kind of like a misanthrope, even though he runs this addiction group. He just has a distaste for humans. And he's just like a very grouchy guy. And Will Sasso is like his maniacally happy, ever-loving roommate. So they have the whole odd couple thing going on. It's very funny. The show starts off about this girl who was addicted to drugs because her father had died. And they kind of take her in and let her stay at their apartment and make sure that she gets sober and everything. And even though that is kind of the main plot thread of the show, after a couple episodes, the show kind of breaks out and it's more of an ensemble show because there's just so many crazy characters that are in this drug therapy group or rehab group but yeah i had a blast watching it i thought it was really funny it's funny but it's also dark and uh it's very witty written i don't really know what shows to compare it to so it has it has that like half hour dark comedy without the laugh track kind of thing like curb your enthusiasm but not as silly it's a little bit more realistic than Curb Your Enthusiasm, but it's also not as like dark and action-packed as shows like Barry or Search Party. It kind of has that like middle of the road where it's like funny, but also has emotional parts. Maybe like Schitt's Creek. I even think it's less silly than Schitt's Creek, but I don't know. It's good. Go watch it for yourself. See if you like it. <laughs> All right. So our plants are popping off in veg. Got one flowering, other two are just growing like crazy. We got rosin pressing down, and we're watching raunchy dark comedies on Netflix. It's been a good week. It's been a good week. (laughs) All right, until next time, peace, y'all.